0: Welcome to Maidens of Metal and Mayhem, a podcast about all things metal, horror, with a dash of mayhem. Welcome to this week's episode of Maidens of Metal and Mayhem. In a MoMam first, we are joined with some guests this week. We are joined by Patricio and Ryan of Alkalemetry. Um, how are you guys doing today?
1: Good, good.
0: Good. So we thought it'd be interesting to talk to them and interview them and ask them some questions about their music. They're an up and coming um, kind of industrial, like dark dance, like almost gothic band out in Florida. And we thought it had a really interesting sound and we wanted to... uh you know, get to know them a little bit better.
2: Yes. And uh, we are so happy to have you both on our show. So I would like to start with, what does your name stand for?
1: So before anything, I just want to say thank you for having us on. And we're the first maidens that you interview. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: so alkalimetry, um, I mean, the word means it's a study of, in chemistry, the study of bases. Like like acidity and you know and and alkalinity, which is something that's a base like ammonium. This is a cool word. (laughs) Yeah, Um, actually, I've used it for my gamer tag forever. Um, I just took all the letters in my name and arranged them through an anagram solver, and got the longest word, which was alkalinity. it just kind of stuck, so... It actually means then something. using that... And we joke about it because we say, you know, since... It means study of base, We're like a couple of basic bitches, I guess, you know?
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. <laughs>
2: that's great.
0: Yeah, that's a really cool that it came from your gamer tag, Ryan. Of all things. That's such an interesting way for, like, a band name to come about.
1: Yeah. And then, like... I, the thing is, is, like, when we were also choosing a name... Ev- like, everything... Has been taken. I mean, what it was it? Toe the wet sprocket or something like that? Well, no, yeah, well that—that's a band name. <laughs> you know what but I mean? I said, like, that's yeah, like, been everything. So we so, just finally um, found something that
0: wasn't Oh yeah, and it's such an interesting band name. Like it took us a minute. We were like sounding it out because it's such an in- like a, a word you don't normally hear.
2: I practiced many times to say it correctly, <laughs> uh, but no, we really, uh, we really do like the name. And I like this. I definitely like the story of the of how you got your name too. And like, what what would you say are your like music influence, like past and like present?
1: I'd say definitely like Nine Inch Nails, Nirvana, uh, The Distillers, Pesh Mode, The Cure, Morrissey and Smiths, Bauhaus, Susie, The Banshees. Who else? Uh, Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind cool. of a wide variety um, Muse yeah there's a little age difference between us I'm a little bit older so I go more with the original new wave sound of the late 80s early 90s when I was a kid and then he came, he came in later when 90s nails grew up with that and the, those two sounds kind of influenced the way we sound I think we've heard um, uh, that feedback um, but you get a lot of the best mode <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm like it's my voice I'm fine with i <laughs>
0: I mean, I can see that your sound definitely has that more like industrial, almost like um, instrumentals, but that more like spacey vocal from like new wave and um, like goth and post punk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I grew up with listening, and those are the singers I heard, and I guess I learned how to sing from them or, or sort of learned how to sing. From them. <laughs> I have. <laughs> and even before we started the band, we were both doing karaoke for forever, forever and. You know the first time i've ever done karaoke it was a nine inch no song and i just kind of try to emulate Trent Reznor as best i could and that kind of like stuck and like his voice really yeah
0: yeah and you both met at karaoke right
1: that's right yeah we met um it's funny because we we'd both been going to that bar for a long time yeah. and we had never met till the day we met which is weird we were both sort of regulars and we met one evening and it off and um Then afterwards, you know, we started seeing each other, and um it became very real when we both realized we were into music. You know, with different experiences, but that solidified us in a, in a whole different level, and um, here we are today, almost five years. I, yeah, I remember driving down the highway, and um an '80s freestyle song came on, and he was like, "Oh, I produced that," and I was like, "Wait a minute." He was like, "You do music?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I do music." I had lost music for years, honestly. Like, I didn't really like played the guitar I started to meet him um, I played all the time in high school and early college and then just kind of like lost it but I mean I've been in and out of relationships and none of the guys I've ever been with were really super interested, they might have been interested in like the fact that I have made my own music but they were never really able to contribute because I mean they didn't play instruments or they just it just wasn't their shtick so met Patrick and We've been doing it for a few years now.
2: It's like your soulmates uh, in life and in music.
1: Yeah, we we consider our our songs our children.
0: (laughs) I like that. That's a good philosophy to have.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And if you ever come to the
2: Philadelphia area, A, I want to come to your show, and B, I want to do some karaoke
0: with you guys. Same if you go up to Rochester.
1: Definitely, Definitely. Definitely do it. Yeah, we were in Philly not too long. What were we there for? An interview over a year ago. Almost a year and a half ago we in Philly. was it that long yeah. ago? Well, it doesn't seem like that
0: long. let say with COVID era, I feel like time just goes so much faster.
1: Yeah, when we got like 2021, just now it's 2022. Look at that. <laughs> COVID, we're lot So we were doing a lot of music. didn't go out anywhere, so just... Produced a lot of the songs during the last of 2020, mm. 2021.
2: So it's kind of been, been a, so it's kind of been beneficial to you guys to kind of have that time and space with just you two.
1: Yeah, so, for sure, it definitely was, I and mean, we really were able to. That was our our escape. That's what we did. I mean, um, I think it really music. allowed us to like um, hone in on our craft and honing on being able to use like uh our DAW which is we used to base and really learn it because now it's like we both work and um it doesn't take us very long to put a song together. And we can sometimes you make a song and it doesn't go the way you want it so you just scratch make a new one whereas like we could do that in like a half hour 45 minutes see if this is like gonna make it or not where we like it and if not we trash it and if we do like it we stick with it and put more time into it but there's no like before that it was like weeks before we'd be like do we like this do we like this i don't know let's try this but now it's like messing with levels and mastering and everything has gotten so fluid so
2: it's awesome
0: so you both mentioned that you have like backgrounds in music um what exactly are your backgrounds in music
1: so um in the late '80s, early '90s, I was um I was like when I was like fifteen, sixteen, I got uh, I grew up in New York City, and I had played piano my whole life. So I started um, um I left home early, <laughs> and I started working. And I was a studio musician, basically. I was because uh, I knew how to play keyboards. And back then, a lot of the the dance scene, the producers were really DJs. They didn't really know music that well, music theory, so they could lay beats and do edits back in the analog days. Um, but really, to get riffs and and, and you know figure out melodies, harmonies, chords. Um, I was there. And I was like 16 years old, but I could play piano. So it was 17. And I was, it was amazing because I was like playing keyboards. I was helping really produce some of the songs. So I was coming up with riffs and coming up with melodies and structure for the, for the vocals. And to me, I mean, they were paying me cash and it was amazing. I was making money. I was able to get into New York city clubs everywhere, like on guest lists and stuff. Cause these were like artists that were performing in the New York city scene. So I was like, you know, in a candy store and you know and it ended up obviously that you know um, many years later I realized wow that was a major contribution I had made without realizing it so that was that's how I was in the scene back in 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 that time of New York City with Limelight and the CDG those clubs and uh, the the whole Club Kid era and I was I was sort of one of the many thousands that were sort of involved in that whole um, movement if you will but that was it and then you know that kind of died down um and i you know got out of music i i, I say I, I started becoming an adult <laughs> went to school studied ended up you know getting married and then kind of living and i joined the military actually after uh 9 11 and uh was in the military and in reserve for many years still you know still served and i uh, went to afghanistan many times and had a whole other life and just now you know i divorced um several years ago and uh and not until meeting ryan now uh i have um has music come back into my life this way i never thought it would i thought it was just a, something that would never come back and it's amazing yeah we definitely kind of did that for each other because i i don't know i, I probably I, i'd probably still like play guitar here or there but we i don't think i would be very right? like, serious about it but that's not as serious as i am now anyways but um I got into music, but I was in high school and my mom wanted me to um run an instrument. So I was like, all right, well um learn guitar, I guess. <laughs> and um I had a buddy, Steven, that I went to high school with and he was really insane at guitar. So my mom would give him like ten dollars every Wednesday after school to come over and, and teach me some lessons and that went on for about like six months to a year and then I just picked it up. There by myself. It's like in and out of band in high school. Nothing was really stuck, and um yeah, it's, it's about that's about it really. And we're still learning a lot, you know. um Just the music industry has completely changed. um uh, From I mean, what little I knew of it when I was young, doing that, but I knew it was different. It was like made money by selling CDs and tapes and records, and there was a tangible product now. There is no, nobody buys a CD anymore. I mean, people still buy some and vinyl, but it's not the main way. I mean, everyone streams music. So now the monetization music has changed. And where now the good side of it is that independent artists like us can put out our own stuff for our own little label, and we have our own label, and we do it on our own as, as our own company. But the flip side, though, is that, you know, how do you monetize it? Unless you're, you know, hundreds of millions, you know, of millions of streams it's very minimal money that you get back so the investment is less in the sense of producing a product but the on the flip side the return is a lot more difficult which is why most major labels have now gone to what are called 360 degree contracts where they now take a cut of everything because most of the money made by major artists are from shows and merchandise no longer from record sales There are no records to be sold so it's a different, it's a different world um but, you know, so we learned a lot. We're learning about that a lot. We're learning a lot. And we, we, we do a lot of YouTube and a lot of investing ourselves and in coursework and on, how, on the business side of music, certainly to improve our craft as well. In studio, we have a recording studio. So it takes a lot of, it's, it's dichotomous. It's both the music and the creation, but it's also now, as an independent artist, very much the business end. Um, you don't, you know, you can't just put out a song and say, well, you know, people will love it because it's great. If people can't hear it, and there's no way for them to connect with it. They're not going to get it. And then you end up with like, you know, no followers. Definitely. I mean, Facebook and Instagram only get you so far, especially if you don't have very many followers to begin with. So that's.
0: Oh yeah. Like we understand totally. You have to be not just like the creative mind and actually have something to create, to show people, but you also have to be, you know, like an SEO manager, a social media marketer. <laughs> of- like you have to know all of these different markets to get mm-hmm. your your content out there, for people to even be able to find it and even attempt to monetize.
1: Definitely, Absolutely. and you gotta be really careful because there's so many people Take out there money. that will want to make money off your dream, and you know, say like, oh, you know, uh, I could put you on my Instagram for eighty bucks. I'll give you a shout out, blah blah blah. You know, just like that kind of it, it gets you nowhere. <laughs> you know, because you, you really have to put fifty percent into your music and your craft. You have to put that person into the business side of it as well, and and you know, and that's how we met you guys. Because I, I said, you know, I'm going to get into groups. That's the music to what we like and what we play. And and I came across you guys and said, hey, why don't we network with you? Know, is huge. So that that was, you know, it's it grassroots. You now we met out on the, on the playing field. It's not like through some, you know, marketing firm or something. I thought this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like it's like homegrown, you know. And I, I was so excited uh, when um, you first reached out to me because, again, you know, we we're just starting, and you know, it would it's great for us if we do get monetized, but it's really just doing something that we truly truly love, and um, we really want to support really good, interesting bands. Oh, thank. You and also i want to say patricia thank you so much for your service thank you uh that you know that just means the world to me personally cuz that's that's not an easy life but yeah um I, I i i like now that we are kind of getting into like the social media and um you know reaching out to like like-minded individuals and not only um you know getting your music out there but also, like starting like a, like a community where we're just all trying to help each other.
1: Absolutely. Definitely. And a little segue one of our songs <laughs> that we're releasing in the, in the spring is called Helicopter Diaries. It'll be off the new album that we're coming out with, and it is about Afghanistan. It really, uh, it, it's really, it's very um, autobiographical for the experiences. And uh, made a few people cry when I heard it. So <laughs> I guess that's good. <laughs> Uh, that'll be something good. we can talk about it next time when we release that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And I probably will cry because I'm very much into lyrics, which does bring me into. I do want to talk about. I definitely want to go into your new um, single "Lessons in Love," mm-hmm. but uh, you do have a couple out there which I have been listening to a lot. The ones uh, that. Um, me and Sam were really curious about was Beasting and Um where your story um came from. Like what was your what was your inspiration?
1: Um at, at first, um I mean every all songs, you know, either move the melody or I do. Um it's like <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of funny actually. It's, it's <laughs> I know I, we know we know the, the song the final message is a very is a powerful message yeah, yeah. about yeah addiction and drugs and it, it the song took birth and went in a direction on its own the, yeah, and it, like it became Children what World. it is almost almost organically by itself mm-hmm. the original title i wish it was something really meaningful we could talk about like all oh, the injection of a, the needle of a bee and the heroin needle no there was a bee in the room <laughs> and it was annoying the shit out of ryan and he's like, Goddamn bee, it's, bee, and it's, it's bee. like it's like 4:30 in the morning, and <laughs> the, 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 the door is open, and I'm sitting there, and I have like one headphone on my ear, the other one off. He was just on the music, no like lyrics, this, yeah, this nothing. Zzz, click, zzz, click, and I'm like, "What is that?" And I turn around, <laughs> like, "It's a bee." I'm like, "All right, well, I'll just let it chill." But then I'm like, getting the heebie-jeebies, and i about to get stung. Like, feeling, you know, whenever there's bees or bugs around me, it get itchy, and um. So now I had to kill it. So I killed the <laughs> So and I was I, like, oh, I'll call it Beasting. So he called it, but he just, I did just let like that some track. It was not a song. It was music. And then I'm, I'm around the next day or a later. And I'm like, oh, I'm listening to this. I'm like, what is it? He was, I called it Beasting. That's what I called it because it was stupid being room. So then he's playing it. And I just start, I just start singing the part. Ooh, like a beasting. It just came out. And we started recording it. And the chorus just wrote itself. And then he kind of wrote a lot of the verse. And we just put it together. It just came together. So the 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 whole, the lyrics and everything came around from the title that was there because it was a V in the room when the music was being produced. It's crazy, yeah. Then as we forward and, you know, we produced it more and then we started getting into the video concept because we really love, you know, making videos and taking it to the next level of expression. It, it, it just made sense. We actually listened to the lyrics because they could take, it could be a romantic sense. It could be a lot of senses to the lyrics, but... It was definitely dark. We knew that. It was dark and it, it hit home. And actually, we had, not too long before that, a friend of ours passed from an overdose at the karaoke bar where we hang out. Yeah. He was one of the bartenders. So that was in our mind and in our hearts. So it kind of all just, it's like perfect storm. It all came together and the video just produced itself in a way. And we were like, wow, you know, this is the stuff we need. And, and the lyrics made sense. It all just came together. And I, I wish it could say we just, we designed it it designed itself, it really did. And we all have a be you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I don't, whatever we call it, I don't think, but I mean, the message at the end, like, you know, as children mature, they become their own people. And it's the same thing with like writing a song at first, it was just a simple guitar riff. And then now we have drums to it and the bass and we start adding lyrics and then whatever it means to us at that point. And yeah, it was definitely like um, our our friend passed away from that was a fentanyl overdose, and um, it just yeah kind of like we didn't directly dedicate it to him because a lot of people you know, and we were talking about um Michael Alec of Party Monster that movie. he ended up passing away of a fentanyl overdose because he had a huge heroin problem, and I'm not sure I don't know where this is coming from, but you know fentanyl, it's what, like 40 times more powerful than, powerful than heroin? So I think somebody, if they're doing like, and um, it's anesthetic, they mix, whatever drugs people are doing, they mix fentanyl with it and people overdosing. Yeah, or, it makes it stop breathing. So, so that had happened. So it all came together. So the final product is, the message is one of, you know, kind of the battle between the ego and the, the id, like just, you know, too much of a good time maybe see the video, it starts with the dancing and partying and it's all sort of benign. And we we tried to do the video as much as possible. We're okay, like just progressing. Like, oh, this is getting more serious. Oh, now there's arrests. Now there's like overdose. <laughs> now there's this. Really? Like the for a yeah. dream? <laughs> right. So it's 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 the dangers of too much of a good thing. Um, And then and it, it kind of, and people actually, it's mainly because we have feedback on it, mm-hmm. review, pretty good reviews on it. And um, the corollary of, you know, a beast. The lyrics say, "Ooh, like a beast, thing poisoning my heart. Ooh, like a beast, thing worth tearing apart." You know, you know, the beast thing, the poison, and it's like the poison of, of, of the drugs, basically. um And and also, what was the other thing the, that said, um, what comparing like the bee to uh, the heroin needle? Which... No, there was another formation. I forgot. But anyway, people have. We've had a lot of feedback on it, I and mean, it's been called good. And- yeah, and it's cool because people are interpreting it their own way, too, which I think is awesome. So, I'm kind of like, you know, that's art. It's open interpretation. Nothing's wrong, mm-hmm. so it's really cool.
0: Yeah, the one that really stuck out to me that I've been listening to a lot is "Pay hey There. So I feel like that one's just like it kind of sums up a lot of like the anxiety and stress people are feeling this these days that just like everything going on in the world and being so interconnected with like all of the bad news in the world
1: mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's almost like a satirical a satirical irony I call it you know the lyrics purposely are this one is a little more purpose behind it we wrote the verse actually it was again one of those things we just it just free flowed um and i just wrote the i wrote the verse but like it literally in one take it just came out of my mouth and those were the lyrics and then we were like oh we have to come over the second verse and the second verse and we just recorded the same verse again the second time and then we're like you know what let's leave it yeah there's just that's the only message we have (laughs) yeah we're gonna repeat it and that's annoying on purpose (laughs) and then if if you listen though the the lyrics in the verse are very like oh i'm you know Really Arrogant empathetic. in your face, you yeah. know. Apathetic, like yeah. leave yeah. me alone. Uh, yeah. like, I don't care, and I, I don't need you, and uh, you know. I think you're such a fool. You don't think about a tool, and then the chorus, completely flips. Hey there, Um, I'm lost. I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> scared. <laughs> Promise me you won't go nowhere until I'm dying. It's like it flips into like a, almost a desperate I need scream for help. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, it like flips. It's Um, and I, I think that that was, and that's the way we, we did it. In, 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 on purpose and again it's repetitive and i said well this could be one of two ways people are either going to appreciate it or they're going to be like they're lazy and they write a full song but then you hear some of like crap on radio anyway That <laughs> <laughs> like like two layers of the whole song i don't worry about that and then the video and then we said you know this really let's look at society what we're experiencing today we are we are in a you know it's the age of aquarius we are in a the middle of and the next level of evolution with artificial intelligence and with technology where we really, I mean, it's scary. I wake up and the first thing I do is look at my phone and I'm like, that's not, everybody, everybody does that. I'm like, let me go piss first. Like, what am I doing? You know, like, you know. and we are so reliant on technology to the point that it's becoming a codependence that could become dangerous. And that's a lot of what you see, like you see it in the video that um, suddenly AI takes over and there's one shot that I, my favorite, my, one of my favorite shots is when the two fingers come together and um, the the robot arm overtakes the human arm, and basically at the end, it's like it's like Terminator and all these movies. Yeah. AI <laughs> is very like dangerous, and where we're we going, technology is very dangerous because if something if you someone turns the, the the switch off, are we going to, be able to survive? You know, it's, doubt, it's doubtful today. You know, we have you know God forbid an attack on our on our um, power grids, and all power goes out in the United States or section of the United States. What's going to happen? We have no technology. We have no phone. We have no walk towers, nothing. Think about it. It's like, how do you, what do you do? So uh, no credit cards, no access to money. Um, so it, it kind of illustrates that in, in, a, in a funny sort of way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the song does a good job of kind of showing like the, both the concern a lot of people have, especially with just like all of the craziness going on in the world this, these days, just like, that anxiety, but also the apathy that kind of comes along with it after a while. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Very much like I don't did you guys see um the movie Don't Look Up?
0: Yes. I have not yet, but I know That's the premise. Movie.
1: It illustrates human apathy to the T. It's like, oh well, meter's coming. Oh well. That would have been a great <laughs> song for that movie. Producers out there. <laughs> Use our song for the next for the sequel. <laughs> I don't know. There's no, the Earth is destroyed. There's no sequel. Oh it's yeah. Okay. Well.
2: <laughs> for me, it, it it's a very very dark comedy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And one. I think what makes it so comedic is that you can see that actually happening. Yeah,
1: you know, it's Definitely. incredible. I mean, science is being refuted, and in, in, without you know, ignorance is taking over. It's unbelievable. And. So, yeah, so the song is exactly that, mm-hmm. in that vein, satirical uh, comedy of, of irony
2: of what's going on. And it kind of goes like the other song that I've been listening to a lot is Give Me a Light, which really, like, the the video in particular is dealing a lot with COVID and um, Black Lives Matter, and there's a lot of powerful imagery in it. And I'm curious... Uh, your thoughts on the on your song and also uh, like how you created the video.
1: See, a lot of it had to do with just what happened in 2020. And there's no denying that 2020 happened. It definitely did. And whatever took place, yeah, it was ugly, but it still happened. And it was kind of us trying to like shine the mirror back. Like, you know, it's art. This is what it is. And however you take it is how you take it. Actually, had a, a friend of mine that was a an officer come up to me, and he was like, "So, are you are you like anti cops?" And I'm like, "No, dude, not even close." And I'm like, "I I'm sorry if that's what you got out of the entire video, but that was not it." Because at the same time, journalistic. At, at the same that time, didn't happen. yeah. <laughs> the same time, yeah. George Floyd happened, but you also had BLM, Antifa, all these crazy riots that you know mainly people do not even registered to vote, want to go out and throw a brick through a glass window and that's their protest is insane. It makes that, like, what are you doing except adding more fuel to this this chaos, this fire? It's never, like, but <laughs> definitely not anti-cop whatsoever. That, that was not my point or my intention. It was just the fact that, yes, there was police brutality that happened. Yes, there were riots that occurred because of the police brutality. COVID had broken out, you know, roads are completely empty because everyone has to stay inside in quarantine. And we've never seen anything like that, you know, then it it was shocking. And I don't really feel that people as an entire populace, I feel like they could have, we all could have done better somehow. But I don't know. It's just, it's a shame that's going to take, I feel, an even more catastrophic happening for us to like get it and realize we are one unit and and just help so, each other and the so, song that that's the that reflect of the video but the song i wrote the song the crux of the song almost 20 years ago an old song going through difficult times with different parts of my life it just um i resurrected it when we started doing music and it was like the first one one of the first ones i have to release a song because i've never released <laughs> i became obsessed with it and we originally did another version of it that was a lot more like dance, a lot more R and B-ish, a lot more like I hated it. Um I no, the music's great, but it didn't fit. It was like that's not the song. So we scrapped it literally, so all the music scrapped it, started over, and reproduced it with more of the rock sound you hear, more of a dark, you know, almost goth, you know, hard driving drums sound. Um, and and that was it. That was the song. But the lyrics were not they were literally I wrote them like in two thousand. Or something so they were not about this the video however this song was so appropriate for what we were going through that i was like oh my god we are living this song right now this is what this song is about at this moment but the song and you see the lyrics are very generic about you know looking for light when in darkness and and finding inner strength and and um you know um support like um i, I mean one of my the your your silent scream is loud and clear, when people have an inner scream that nobody hears, like to let people know we hear you, we know you're suicidal, we know you're depressed. Your silent scream is loud and clear. Um so it, it fit perfectly. So he came up with the whole video concept and the song, it just it it became what it is, and I'm so proud that we're so proud that the song represents such a hard a hard time in our lives between COVID and what happened, all the stuff that happened in 2020, 2021. That it's like, okay, well, no one going to say it. And I'm surprised at some of the feedback because yeah, we have yeah, we had a friend who was a cop who was very offended. And that took us by surprise well, I don't think I mean, he was offended, but he was definitely like well, he was definitely keen on like knowing our perspective on law enforcement. And like I'm, I was like, I'm, bro, I have sort not of not my my military. military you're, not yeah. cop. <laughs> you're not my only friend that's law enforcement, dude. Like I have many so. they're all yeah, there, there are a couple bad apples out there, but for the most part, you guys are putting your life on the line daily. And I'm never going to crap on that. And those, I mean, that was all real footage. The video was all real footage. So it's not like we made it up. Yeah.
2: And we're also like in a time where, although I think we are starting to hit like a, like a renaissance, but we, we have been in a, in a very divided time. But I, I personally think that we are headed toward a, a renaissance because there there really is a lot of good people out there that, you know, that want to, to make things different, make di- things different for Black lives, make things different for the LGBTQ community. I, I see and feel that outpouring um, for these communities, and it, it, it really... Uh, touches my heart.
1: Absolutely. And, and I think there's a, there's a social consciousness that is now worldwide. And, you know, one of the benefits of the internet on social media is globalization. Um, because there's a lack of tolerance when the entire world sees something. to an injustice that the public can't see it. It's not just reading it in a newspaper a week later. It's real time seeing actual footage and listening to it on your phone it becomes very real. Anything that happens anywhere in the world can be seen anywhere in the world now. So that globalization creates a unified world awareness that I think is threatening a lot of groups that are now sort of acting out and getting very angry at the threat. But I have connect to the same thing as when you have a candle and there's a candle, there's a, what happens when the flame is about to go out? It's a very bright spark, right? And then it goes out. So this is the bright spark for a lot of these haters that are suddenly gonna go out because the world has gone along and we we'll tolerate discrimination, injustice, hatred, because people out of uh, good people don't. Mm-hmm. But now there is a social awareness and power. Like groups know? like the Proud Boys and, the the H- Rounds, and all that. Yes. It's like our last last <laughs> line before they die. Right. <laughs> you know?
2: And I, lo- I love that analogy um that you just made about, you know, um, that when a, when a candle goes down it, it sparks because i i agree with you 100% and i think i think we are on our way to new and better things yeah and and i really i really that's what i really like about the um the songs that you have out there is because i do feel like they're um they're about what's going on today particularly with give me a light like you said you were getting a a lot of slack for that but you know, that's that takes bravery to to put your feelings out there like that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean yeah, it's almost journalistic. This is what's happening in the world. We're just if you don't like it, change something about you. Yeah. Things happen. Right. <laughs> it's bothering you. Why does it bother you so much? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> man, look the Yeah, man in the, <laughs> man <of> the- <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people are still, like, either processing 2020 or just trying to avoid processing everything that happened in 2020, because it it was such an insane year, and it's only just gotten more insane, that I think it's important to take a look back and just take into a full scope of, like, all the things that we've all just collectively lived through the past, like, two, three years, and just look at it be like, wow, we've all made it through a lot.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. We really have. We really have. Even though there's some people still out there saying that COVID is fake, I'm just like I don't I, know where you're getting your information from. But okay. I mean, I, I don't even know, you know my civilian job. I'm I'm a doctor and um, I, I work in a hospital and I was working my ass. We were dealing with COVID the entire time and it's beyond frustrating and exhausting to hear people talk such bullshit when they don't know what they're talking about. You didn't pass fucking high school biology. You have no business telling me how a virus works, it doesn't work, when I have people dying day in and day out in the hospital. And now it's thank God it's going off uh, the Omicron. Um is milder. I mean, there's a lot, it's very contagious, but it's milder, people aren't dying as much. But it just yeah, it was a terrible and from that oh that's what he definitely put in the COVID part. That was a big part for me in, in the video because it was the, he lived there like, yeah, every day. The, 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 the separation between reality that we were living in the hospital, nurses, doctors, <laughs> and what we're hearing our our president, and I use that term loosely in quotes, <laughs> saying it was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable, you know. Um, but, but yeah, that was very real.
2: Almost like going through, like living through another war zone again. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's but worse. in our hospital.
1: Almost worse because you didn't expect it to. You know, these are, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I to say when soldiers were taking care of soldiers who were wounded, they knew what they were getting into, you know, innocent people, you know, it's, it was terrible. Um, and then, but then you have the entire government and society like divided us to whether we should vaccinate, whether we should quarantine. Although it's and, not real, yeah. I, I literally have patients in the hospital tell me, I don't think I have COVID, I don't believe it's real. I'm like, I, you know, it's not a religion, it's not something it's, you believe yeah, in, it's uh, a virus that you have that you are going to die from. I don't know what to tell you. Then on the other hand, I have patients tell me, is it too late to get the vaccine? As they're on, um, you know, 100% oxygen and not coming off? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's too quite, late. You know, that's what, it's not how vaccinations work. I had, um, it was terrible. I had a, a poor little grandmother that was passing and she was, she was not going to make it. And her grandson had brought COVID home because he was so anti-vax. And pretty much everyone in the family got it because he had gotten it. But he, it was, a, and then the dealing with him and the family, the guilt and the, it, there were so many stories that are one more heartbreaking than the other. Uh, 2020, like you said, it was a rough
2: year. I can't, I can't even imagine because, you know, I was not in that environment. But like, you know, watching the news, you know, having friends and family go through COVID. Um, Luckily, I have not known anybody to pass away from COVID. So I'm very, very lucky with that. But yeah, it's been a real interesting couple of years.
0: So, you guys just had a new single come out. We've been kind of referring to it, Lessons in Love. And we'll play a little clip right here so that way, you know, our listeners can hear what it sounds like.
1: wrong and the truth is hard to take. I felt sure we had enough, but love went overboard. Life was our lost at sea. I've been trying to reach your shore, but waves of doubt keep drowning me.
0: I guess my first question about the new single is what inspired you to do this cover specifically?
1: So I this was my handiwork definitely was because she was like i don't want to do that song i could not stand the song. i'm like okay but hearing it so, over and over and over and over again i remember when i was a kid that that song i mean it was a worldwide hit for level 42 it was very pop very big pop hit but i, I was driving when i heard it come on the radio and i was like wow and i was into lyrics and the melody the lyrics are so powerful and the melody is so beautiful but, I, I mean, you know, obviously they, they had a, a number one hit worldwide. It was a, It's a beautiful song the way they did it. And, you know, the lead, the lead singer is also a master bass guitarist. Yeah, all like he invented tunes. the whole um, slap sound of bass. You hear the old ladies' tunes have that like don't, don't, don't sound. He, he discovered, he, he figured that out. And so he's a master of bass. And they're a jazz band. I mean, they're they're brilliant musicians. But to me, I was like, that song, there's so much more there. So then, I brought it to Ryan. I said, "I want to cover this song." we're nah, not what gonna I, play a well, because it because we're actually we're about to do a show, and he was like, "Oh, oh yeah, can you wish. learn this song really quick?" And I was like, oh, well, "I definitely so like, yeah, yeah. are gonna be able to learn that in like forty minutes, dude. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be like a, a week to get like." It has very complex changes in, 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 in tempo, the original and 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 um chord changes because it, it is it's very they're, again they're jazz musicians they're very writers but basically i said okay well, we we took the lyrics and the melody changed the key made it a minor key more so it's a little more somber slowed it down and made it more of a ballad and then just i what i'm what i think I, I hope we did i wanted to extract the essence of the meaning of those lyrics and and kind of bloom it into what it is like that sad sense of lost love and regret that you hear it like, yeah, and that's, that's what it's, what it's about, about. You know, so I think our interpretation of it kind of supports the lyrical content, and I, you know, maybe what they meant when they wrote. I don't know what they, but if you listen to lyrics, they're very um, poetically. Uh, they, they, they're, they're poetry regret, you know, of regret, of regret of messed up love, or messed up something that happened. Um, which is why we have the picture that, uh, that my father painted of the portrait of the ghost bride, um, because it, it could be interpreted as loss of from death, interpretive loss of you know you've done something and and it's too late to go back. All the, all the dreams that we were building, we never lived them. Could have been better. Should be better. Lessons in love, you know, lessons that you learn. So that's that's kind of uh, why we did it. I just think it's a beautiful song, and I think, I mean, I love the original I like our version better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go ahead. it's really. Like, have you heard the original?
2: I have. I have not actually, but I really, really, really am digging your version, and the the artwork is just gorgeous.
0: Oh, absolutely gorgeous! Oh, it's
2: so like, and you said your dad painted that, right? Yeah,
1: he did that years. He passed away. He one. He has a collection of art. I at some someday I would love to maybe create some sort of maybe online um like a, we call it a art uh, exhibit like an art exhibit or a um,
0: like an archive.
1: A, yeah, like a, just an, like a gallery of his stuff because his stuff is really beautiful. And we didn't have the best relationship; We didn't get along great. Um, but you know, um, yeah, we were fine. And um, I just think you know um, he had an amazing talent. One paintable. Yeah. So it was nice to be able to show that. And I was like, "This is perfect for this song." So that's the cover, and we're still working on the video. When we don't. i struggling with that because, mm. you know, we have a budget, so it's hard to. I want to do, but I don't have a hundred thousand dollars, so shoot it. If I could have it my way, it would be Patrick like on this little like canoe rowboat thing in the in this river, headed towards a waterfall. Yeah, he's, and then he's the tell me. of it goes going over. over the waterfalls. So we want to stick. Kill I think we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, like we're like looking at green screens and stuff like that, and I'm like, I've never done any work with a green screen, so I'm like, I don't know if this is a little too ambitious because I'm not going to put something out that looks so tacky. Yeah, like we'll figure tell. it out. <laughs> like, more to come. We'll see. It'll probably be representative of the song of you know a lot of dark shadows. And stuff. We'll see. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out.
0: So it was actually one of the questions I had for you is. Do you make like all of your own uh, music videos and um, album artwork too? We
1: we do. We put them together. Um, we do use stock footage for the moment. A um, combination I mean, of stock footage, footage we shoot together, yeah. and we blend it. We shoot ourselves. We have like a, a good we camera. have like top one camera we use. A lot of filters. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, too, is like with when it comes to stock footage, and and as we keep making videos, we're gonna run out of. We're gonna run out of uh, source material because it's, you know, I definitely don't want to repeat any of the clips we've used before. But I mean, any of those music videos that are up on YouTube have I've spent like at least no. maybe thirty hours each or more. on them. Yeah. Cutting them, putting them this way, making them that. We're gonna the way it has a lot of our own footage, no. obviously, in it, and then we use some stock, and then. um the other ones have a combination of both, some of us and then this one will probably have a lot more footage of us, you know, yeah. Because we really have a specific story we want to tell. I imagine we're going to have a lot of footage of like open albums, pictures of like history, like a very historical tense to it. So we're thinking it's going to, you know, follow the, the story where there's going to be um, maybe some like us. A- uh, maybe like someone older looking into the past and some memories of their family and their life. And either they've lost their spouse or there was a separation or something and just follow along with the storyline. But um, simultaneously we want to have more shots of us playing our instruments and actually being a band and being a group uh, where we're actually, you know, seeing us play and sing, maybe on stage, we'll do some footage, something like that. Well, I don't know. We're, we're figuring it out, but we're going to probably expand a little bit on our production and to have more of, to be a producer and more of a crew help us yeah. what we can do by ourselves I mean, we've been starting a lot of music videos too um even even some really good ones um like bands like mud vein this just moving down it's just them playing it could be behind yeah. a green screen where they just like completely white everything out and it's like playing a completely like white thing right now that's cool we we could do that it's it will be a lot easier to do yeah. that than try and do this whole production of, I don't know, some, some like Billie Eilish thing, right? Where she opens up the door and all the water comes through. Like That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing, but I'm like, hey, we don't want to have that money. <laughs> We're like, an entire room underwater. We've probably been okay under budget, doing low budget, you know? and yeah. they've come out okay, so we'll be all right. Unless he wants to ride the rowboat off the side of a waterfall. He, that's what he wants. Yes. In a waterfall. <laughs> that would <was> be easy. <laughs> it's, it's all there. <laughs>
2: And I love I love the fact that you that you've been um working really hard on music videos because um at least for, for me, um I watched a lot of MTV and I, you know, back when MTV played music videos.
1: Yeah, I, I We were kids because we grew up on
2: mm-hmm. we grew up like I would come home, watch music videos. So for me, um I personally love watching music videos and i really like that you guys included that into your songs cuz it, it is nice to have that something to look at something to to tell the story even though a lot of times you can take the song and and um as a fan you can make that song mean something diff- completely different to you which is one of the things that i absolutely adore about music but uh i really really love that you guys put the effort into music videos because I'm watching them. I want them to go on MTV.
1: No, uh, yeah, but they don't play videos anymore. so. but I mean, too right? But I mean, we definitely put a lot of effort into it because we don't want to we don't want to put anything out there that's subpar or or garbage. The good thing is now with technology, you can come up with really good stuff that is done if you're smart and creative about how you use technology and footage and different ways of you know shifting um, scenes it can come out well and it could be done not too expensive like back in the day you know michael jackson madonna dorander they were spending like, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the music video. All right, and tlc with um don't go chasing waterfalls they went bankrupt making that music video. yeah so you can do and videos And i mean like, like like you said you know to me music the other half of it is the visual aesthetic and um that's why i was adamant about we need to have videos because i think It just brings a whole other dimension to the experience and you can have something that's elegant and meaningful and communicative without having it necessarily be you know budget-breaking if you do it right
2: right and if you think about it a lot of the videos back in the 80s i would think that they were not budget-breaking especially like early early on yeah but now, I think, like I would say, like in the late '90s and 2000s, the budgets got real big. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> it went out of control. <laughs> I'll tell you something, please. <laughs> What's hilarious, if you have time, if you remember, if if you go on YouTube and you search up um, Mick Jagger and who is it, Mick Jagger, David Bowie, and David Bowie song. doing on the streets, dancing in the streets. Did you ever see the one with the? It? Play play the the quiet version of the song, and it could, it's because it's like, hilarious, it's it's so funny. if we're ever out and we're like recording out, it's like we could look dramatic or however, but for someone looking at what we're doing, we look crazy. And we don't have the music behind it. Like, <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> They're like, "What are they doing?" It's actually funny. It's a story. like especially when we did um um. Give me a light. When yeah, we're I'm walking in, in, the, there, rain, in, in the, the rain. In the rain, I'm like this. And, and people are driving by. I'm sort like, what the hell's that I do? It's like crazy. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> walking in the rain slowly. It's like,
0: how am I? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like people are probably more used to it nowadays with, like, um, people doing, like, TikTok stuff, yeah. you know?
1: Oh, like, That's yeah.
0: true, yeah. yeah. I've, and, like, influencers. I feel like people are more desensitized to people doing weird stuff in public with, like, a camera. <laughs> yeah,
1: sure. They're not talking to themselves. They have an earphone, you know?
2: Yeah, and I know exactly how you feel because I just I just started a TikTok, and I started doing stuff outside, and like I was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> is anybody looking at me?
2: <laughs> it looks way better on the phone. I promise.
0: Not I be sensitized to that. I went to art school. I'm used to doing weird things in front of people. <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> nice. Walking around with weird stuff for my classes. I'm like, hello, don't mind me.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I I totally understand how you feel because I. When I do that, I'm like, I don't even like let my husband watch. So <laughs> I'm like, can you leave?
1: Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> yep.
2: Don't look at me. <laughs> but it's it's really fun. Like whether, you know, um, with the social media and music videos, like you get to express yourself. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it also gives you the ability to kind of share with the audience, like how you view the song. Like we were talking about Give Me a Light, how you wrote it forever ago. But with the music videos, giving it more context with, like, specifically everything happening in 2020.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's been yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, you both are very, very handsome, and
2: oh, you do um, <laughs> photograph very well.
1: You can say that on radio. Uh, <laughs> we got the faces for radio, for sure. Yeah, we're great for radio.
2: <laughs> I disagree. I think you both are very handsome.
1: Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You ladies are beautiful too.
2: Oh,
1: thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm gonna take this on video. It's gonna be a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, <your> YouTube channel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I know we talked like at the very beginning about how like touring and merch is like the h- biggest thing for you know like monetizing your art these days. So um, I just want to know: Do you have like any plans to do like any actual like touring once things kind of open up again and it's kind of safer too?
1: We are. Yes. I mean, yeah. We're with definitely COVID, trying. Easy to be lazy because can't form anywhere, but we're trying. We, we, we have a manager and we're looking to start regionally a small tour. And maybe our goal is, um, you know, we, we have information on our music from we're big on Django radio. Uh, we have some iHeartPlay and then we have, um, you know, through the distributor, we know where our songs um, stream, where they're downloaded. And we have little data on where we have fans or people that like it. So we'd love to design um a small tour and start start it it's just it's a lot of work and it's it's just us and we have other people that are helping us a little bit, but it's really it's, it's... at first I think it's definitely be more local orlando yeah. Sanford area um we have a, a possible spot in Tallahassee, but that's not gonna be until they decide to do another like golf show which... they, they love our music they've played it in the club and they want us to have
2: that's awesome
1: there's stuff in the plans and merch yes we you know we're um we're figuring that out now. We have on our website. We're creating a little store. We're gonna have T-shirts and uh, our telemetry, but we're also gonna have what I think is really cool. We're gonna put all of our our uh, our visual aesthetic, all our, our our covers on T-shirts. So the Beasting cover oh, on the the T-shirt, the, the the new one, Lessons of Love, there will all be t shirts different maybe posters and stuff. So we're, we're working on that. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: yeah. As soon as soon as you guys get the merch out, I am I'm definitely gonna buy a T-shirt. Oh, uh, thank, thank you. you.
1: Well, we'll give you one. For yeah, right. <laughs> and again, yeah, with like you said, with touring, we love we're planning, and it's all in the plans. Table and have the ability for people to buy merch, and also to download um our videos and our music, and be able to you know purchase it because streaming is one thing, and but the quality you have when it's downloaded, it's yours. You can see it or watch it anytime you know, for minimal nominal money. It's, it's good. So we're we're working on all of that.
0: Very cool. Where can people um, like find your music right now?
1: We're on all digital stores. We're on, uh, uh, we're on Pandora, we're on iHeart, we're on um, Spotify, we're on YouTube. YouTube, we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, um, Deezer, uh, pretty much worldwide, all the digital medias have received it from the distributor. Yeah, so anywhere that's digital, you can... Our website... Yeah, our website <laughs> <laughs> definitely our website, um, uh, and that's it. Yeah, we Google our name and now when you use Google our you're gonna get the whole chemical thing. So, telemetry band or music, then you can obviously yeah, like we'll right website, right. YouTube, everything. So, um, we are going to when we release the album, hopefully by you know end of spring, uh, there will be vinyl for it. And it'll be well, uh, because then you know it's worth it to be like you get all. CD, Baby does to that too do yeah, our distributor does it. We have, we'll have we have 10, ten um, songs on it, uh, which will be pretty cool. And we'll have inserts working on the inserts and bios, story. Like, we're going to have information about each song, stuff like that. I'm
0: really interested in that. I'm actually... Um, my husband and I are huge vinyl collectors, so... Oh, oh cool. nice. You yeah, awesome. awesome. yeah, have to keep an eye out for that, because, like, I... We have, like, a gross amount of vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> like, a That's few awesome. hundred, so... <laughs> Need to add that to our collection because I definitely need to grow out, like my my goth music. Don't have too much at the moment. It's primarily a lot of like metal. Any more goth music in my life.
2: <laughs> I I have I have quite a few vinyl too. Probably not as much as them, but I have a good amount. Awesome. It's mostly older stuff. I uh, some um a cousin who I didn't even know passed away, and it was given to me. Okay,
1: that's pretty cool.
2: So yeah,
0: I was like sure. I'll take it
1: yeah.
0: and we got the leftovers after MJ picked through it all
1: <laughs>
0: we got all the leftovers
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> okay, so I think that was pretty much everything we had uh questions for you guys you know I appreciate you both you know taking some time out of your days to you know sit down with us and have a nice chat and go through you know getting to know you a little bit better
1: yeah
0: yeah
2: I have to say that the moment you reached out uh me and Sam we you know we We researched and we were so impressed, so impressed with, um, you know, what you had out there. But then we got to like, to know you guys and we, we love your story. We think that you're really fantastic guys. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're building a community and, you know, I hope that MoMAM and Alkalometry, you know, stay friends for a very long time.
1: Absolutely, yeah. we will always be the first maidens on the show I love
0: it <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: perfect
0: thanks again to Ryan and Patricio of Alchemetry for sitting down with us and going over their music and their craft we both really appreciate it we'll have links in the show notes for where you can find them and they did just have a new single drop on Friday so please go check them out wherever you listen to music you should be able to find them there and as always, stay spooky